Welcome to the Press Conference Mixtape, Cassette 5, where we bring you the pressing playlist nobody asked for. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm here with our co-host, Phil. How's it going, man? Not bad, man. How about you? <laughs> doing well, doing well. Another mixtape under the belt. It's um, I'm, I really enjoyed this one. I can't believe we've interviewed five people now. Um, yeah. Five playlists. Like, that's gone pretty quick. Um. I know we were talking the other day on the last episode about how many episodes we've done, uh, but the fact that we've interviewed five people, like if you'd asked me at the start of the year that we'd be doing this, let alone interviewing people, I'd um, I'd laugh in your face, but it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I think they've all been very different. Like we haven't had two that are the same. I know we've only done five. Yeah. There hasn't been much crossover. The story's really cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, we really appreciate everyone that's come on so far and and just excited to get more people on. I think this is a, a really cool formula. Yeah, I think we should keep doing it, keep um, talking to people about what that got them into music. And yeah, I think I'm keen to, well, I mean, we, we did the conversation yesterday, right, for, for mm-hmm. the, um, the main part of the episode. And I think I'm keen to listen back because there were some really cool stories. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, but what's been going on, dude? Oh, not much since the last episode. It's only been a, a week. Um, yeah. Super keen for uh, good things this week and the story so far. Sideshow in the Sookie Lounge. Um, yes, can't wait. I'm really keen. So we did a great deal of uh, lead up for that uh, with the episode last episode. So um, it's got me more keen than I was before. And I'm just um, looking forward to spending some time with the guys and and seeing yeah. some bands and, and having a good time. I mean, it's, I know we spoke about it last episode. You'll hear us talk about it in the, um, yeah, like the episode later on. Uh, but it just it feels so good. Like it's Tuesday today. The episode comes out on a Wednesday. Wednesday will be my last day of work for the week. And then I pick up the car tomorrow night, drive down to Canberra and then, yeah, drive down to Melbourne on Thursday and I can't wait, eat some good food pick up some records, um, see you fellas. So I can't wait. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, um, so have you been any gigs in the last week? Any gigs? No, nothing really. I mean, the last weekend I had that just passed was super lazy. My first, my last kind of quiet weekend <laughs> for the rest of the year, I feel like there's Christmas parties, festivals, gigs coming up every week till Christmas now. So um, I did not much at all. Played a bunch of video games, listened to a lot of vinyl. Just kind of relaxed, man. How about you? Nice. Uh, I was pretty much the same. Had the kids all weekend, so um, just saving my brownie points for this weekend. Yeah, very good. I can't wait. How good is it going to be? Like Friday, we're finally going to eat some good food, <laughs> go to good <laughs> things, see some good music. Like my day's pretty stacked as well on, fr- on Friday. Not looking at the set times today again. I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to have much time for a break, but yeah, we'll see how we go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, anything come in this week? Any new arrivals? I got, um, I feel like last episode I spoke through a shitload of, of mail. Uh, this week, just the one record. I got a copy of the Better Sessions Volume 2 uh, from mm. uh, AVVC and what we did on the weekend uh, for the Beyond Blue and the, and the charity show they put on. Amazing record. I think I got the Blue and White Smash and it's just unreal. I mean, Blue's my favorite color, so I was stoked anyway, but... It came out so unreal. The covers are amazing. Um, yeah, some really good covers on there. You know, and a cheeky surprise one too, which I was pretty stoked about. Um, so yeah, just the one this week. What about you? Nice. Um, I'm the same. I think I just had the one come in 
um, from our international listener, Nick. Uh, so <laughs> he sent me across the um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Let's Kick Shell record. So it's nice. a um, it's the it's a single sided um, green with a blob with splatter uh, with okay. silk screen um, turtle on on one side, and it's yeah. the songs from the Super Nintendo game Turtles in Time. So nice, super awesome game, and so like the songs are sick as well. So it's got like a flip out cover, so it's got like the uh, sewer cover. And then you flip yeah. it up and you can see the turtles underneath, which is sick too. So I'm probably going to frame it, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. That record, <clears throat> and you got to post a photo on Instagram um, once we air this episode, but I almost thought it looked like a field record. Mm-hmm. Like it looks really sturdy and like the, the screen print looks really well done. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Really cool package, the whole lot, I think, from what you sent me. Mm, yeah, I'm so stoked about it. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I haven't... I know I said it last time and I keep telling myself this, but I don't, I haven't really been buying it too much lately. Like even Black Friday sales on the weekend. Did you buy anything? Um, no. The only thing I've bought is Rival Schools. I finally put oh, did you get that? that? Yeah, I grabbed it last time. The week. red one from um, Cooking from Vinyl? Cooking Vinyl. Yeah, so I've got that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, but apart sick. from that, uh, I haven't I think been I buying much either. I need to pull the trigger on that. Probably next next, next year, hopefully. <laughs> I think it's, it's a wide press, like 5,000. I think something like It's been that. up there for ages, so I think, yeah, it'll be fine, right? Yeah. They're the run for cover fact- distributor now as well. So, Oh, really? You can find some cool stuff on there. I mean, famous last words, like, it'll be there. It'll be there next time, but yeah, we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Resist that got the RSD one, the 2LP. But if you want to spend $150 on it, yeah. Is that the red cover one, right? Uh, it's a blue cover with a slip and it's got like a 2LP. So it's uh, got blue oh, okay. tracks and stuff. Yeah, I'm not that keen on it. Um, <laughs> definitely not that keen on it. Not in this economy. No. Um, Keen to talk through the next segment. I feel like we've actually got some things to unpack here. So fucking load up the intro, Dave. <laughs> So, Road to Furnace Fest. Road to Furnace Fest. Uh, we've got single, updates in a week. <laughs> yeah. A single lane Road to Furnace Fest. I know. So and, um, yeah, go ahead. It still cuts me still cuts me deep. So, I've had to um, make a, some big boy decisions and some stuff at home that's kind of taking priority, but I won't be able to, to make it with you to Furnace Fest, so I'm sorry, but I'm still here to support you in uh, in your plan, so we'll keep the segment going, because I'm still keen no, I think, yeah. to find out I mean, what's going on. I mean, I was pretty heartbroken, um, but I get it, like, you know, you've got a family, you have big boy, big boy things on your plate, I'm still quite young and don't really have <laughs> really too much. Um to I worry about gets compared to kind of what you've got on your plate. But I think it's good. I mean, I was thinking a lot about it over the weekend and, you know, I guess my original thing was I, 
I wanted to go. And, and before I even asked you, it was like, I'm going, do you want to come with? Like, I'm, it's not going to change my decision if I go. And um, yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, the whole point I wanted to go was to kind of branch out, try something new, I guess find myself in a way. <laughs> like, um, uh, so I'm still going to get to do that. Um, but no, I'm going to miss you, but I'm glad that we're still, you're still keen to talk about it because you know what I'm like. I, I like to talk. And even though we kind of, our window of organizing Furnace Fest was brief, I'm sure you got to see how, like, I just saw, I, I fixate on things <laughs> and I get really like obsessed with something and planning something and I'm still going to be able to do that. And I'm glad I can still talk to someone about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm keen to hear, like, it's not a, I don't want to travel with Phil thing. It's more of like a bigger picture thing that it was yeah. super, like, super um uh like it was just i was fixating on that thing and then i had to look at it actually once we started doing the road i was like oh this is going to be bumpy and yeah um, (laughs) (laughs) even afterwards so i didn't want to get half i didn't want to get like three months out and be like i feel i can't go and we've got flights and stuff booked so i really thought i thought about it for a good two weeks so yeah, apologies, but yeah, I know there's some big news that you want to announce anyway. In well, I um I didn't pick yeah I didn't pick up any any vinyl over Black Friday weekend, but I did get my ticket to the fest, and so part one of the trip um is booked and ready to go. Step two will be flights, or kind of step one point five. I've got the time off work. Boss a okayed it today as well, so that's in the calendar. Um good to go. Now it's just, I guess the saving kind of kicks in and start buying flights in the new year. Perfect. Pretty scary. Yeah. I think it's kind of flipped everything on its, yeah, it's going to be great. I think it's flipped things on its head a little bit. I think, um, like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Like (laughs) I know what I'm going to do, but I think it's just, it's going to be a bit different. Um, I'm probably going to go to Disney again. I know we spoke about potentially not going <laughs> because you wanted to wait to go with the kids, but yeah. I think I might go to Disney. Like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might go to a different state that we hadn't planned on. I don't know. Um, all I know is that I'm keen for the fest. I'm keen to get some good sandwiches in Philly and New York and whatever happens in between, what ha- whatever is whatever happens. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. you got plenty of time to plan it and we'll, uh, we'll be yeah. here for you. Um, can I just say as well, um, and I know this doesn't really fall into any segment, but talking about news, um, the KC return, potentially, I think yeah. this is when I want to talk about it, um, because there's been some like some teasers over the weekend on Facebook and in groups and stuff like that, and then it all went online on Instagram yesterday. There's going to be an announcement, what, Thursday night at 11pm our time in Melbourne after the Story So Far gig. Can't wait to find out what the countdown is for. Um, but what I did say, see today was that somebody actually tagged Casey and Furnace Fest in a story and Furnace Fest shared it. So not that I'm not saying that that's a thing, but I'm putting it out there, you know, please let it be a thing. Please let Casey play Furnace Fest because if they do, fuck, I might not come home. I might, you might catch me at Furnace, at Furnace Fest for another year crying. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be amazing, but um, hopefully it's that, and hopefully it's a, tacked onto a world tour because they're from the UK, aren't they? So I remember when they came here for they supported Bellhaven, and that was like the only time they'd come to Australia, and I was lucky enough to see them on that tour, 
were pretty vocal that if it didn't sell out, they weren't going to come back and it didn't sell out. So <laughs> I hope they come back, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know that. I think they've got a cult following now. I think they've got like, I think there are a lot of people who've jumped on. Yeah. Um, I think Melodic Hardcore in Australia has gotten a lot stronger or more popular anyway, I think in the last few years. And I think people have jumped on the Casey bandwagon and I'm hoping that that means that if they do do a tour and they do come back, they do come here because I do think the fan base is probably a bit bigger now um, that they could sell out some shows. Yeah. What do they say? You you get more famous after you die and that's kind of what happened Oof. to Casey. So I know. Like the, their albums yeah. are pretty sought after, especially the first one. So, um, Oh, fuck yeah. I, um, I should have pulled the trigger on the box set this year. I mean, it was expensive, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was like somewhat affordable at the time. Yeah. It's only going to go up in price now, unless they announce a full scale repress on Thursday, which my bank account is not ready for, but you know, we'll make it work. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Well, let's move um, into the pressing suggestions. Yes. I'm super keen about this one, and oh, I don't know if you'll be able to guess it, Phil, but um, it's one I've been listening to. It came out this year. It's a bit of a, a throwback sound. And Throwback um, sound came out this year. Is it Berthold yeah. City? No. No, it's not. Oh, was that close? Similar, yeah. Um, my suggestion this week is Exide Deliberate Revolver. Oh, yeah, I know. You've been talking about that a lot. I was yeah. close. I was kind of close. I was in the ballpark super keen on this album um it may feature it's it's a heavy contender to feature in later episode this year you reckon that's how much i like it um it's just such an awesome album uh, it sounds it's pays homage to um to snapcase who really yeah. pushed the pushed the letter in hardcore in early early 2000s late 90s and um it just sounds familiar, but new, and they mix a few different genres in there. There's nice. a little bit of melody compared to, to some of the Snapcase stuff, Yeah, um, but it's just really cool, and I've got that coming. That should be in Australia anytime now, uh, nice. coming through from, from Com Gateway, so I'm keen to give that a spin. Uh, the two songs I want to put on are actually at the opposite end of the album, so the opener and the closer. Yep. Uh, so 12 Steps, uh, I think it just sets a great tone for the album. Um, and Time Glue, which is the closer, it really builds really well with the guitars. And then it's a bit like um, Sink Into the Soil by Bloom, where it kind of, there's like a middle section and it transforms into a totally different song in the second half. Nice. But it really works really well. And it just, um, yeah, finishes the album off perfectly for me. Is there any affiliation to Snapcase there or were they just fans? Brand new band. Like they've got nice. an EP in this album. And I think I found them just before the pre-orders went up. Nice. And I, I snagged the the old cover as well. So it's just yeah. plain black. Um, but um, I think I'm going to be uh, handing that over to, to Chuck because he he's a huge fan as well. Nice. So we're gonna just do a swap for the regular cover for the for the alt because there's no difference oh, in I do remember that actually, yeah. Yeah, so um super keen to get that because uh yeah, I've been listening to it a lot. Um what is it just like is it just like tread hardcore kind of? Yeah. I didn't really listen to it when it came out. I think I remember I saved it to my library, it was like we talk about so much music, but I just didn't give it the time. 
Yeah. I might need to go back and revisit it this week. Yeah. It's kind of, it's not super angsty, but it's like, it is at the same time. So it's not, your it's wouldn't be like your uh, New York stuff. So it's, it's a little bit different to that. All right. That's cool. Well, um, I've been on a bit of a album of the year slash pop tear through these pressing suggestions lately, um, but I'm back. I'm sad, and I've got I've got something for you, Dave. So this album is from 2013. Uh, I've been listening to a lot the last few weeks, and I don't really know how I got back into listening to this kind of stuff. I think I always have, um, but just the last two weeks, I don't know what's been going on. It's I don't know, but uh, my album this week is Summer Death. Uh, by Marietta. Okay. Do you know this album? No. It is very good, um, like Midwest emo kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, the the the, twi- the twangs in the guitars, the sad boy vocals, even borderline, you know, crowd, crowd chants and sings through it. Like, it's just very typical Midwest emo album, I think. But what I really like about this album, and, you know, I listen to bands like Tiny Moving Parts a lot, um, you know, things like that. I think with this band, what they do really well and what I think the sets separates them apart from other Midwest emo bands is their songs are, they're longer. Like every song is a three to four minute track. Like this, this CP album has eight songs, um, but it's 36 minutes. Whereas a lot of the Midwest emo stuff is short, sweet, popular, uh, catchy, and you're in and out in like two to three minutes, right? I think these songs, are they kind of grow and then take you on a journey each song. And you know, that's what I love in a song where it kind yep. of builds. And I think they do it really well. Um, it's like so, typical sad boy stuff. Like it's just typical Midwest emo. Like I, there's not much more I can really say about it. Um, but I've just been listening to it heaps lately. And I think it was my most listened to album last week. It's pretty mm-hmm. close to being that this week as well. It's just something I can put on. And because I think it, the songs are so, you know, they just have a good ambience to what I want at the moment. So Yeah. It's really interesting because I recognize the name and I was scrolling through TikTok this afternoon and um, Chicken and Waffles from Instagram. And oh, was TikTok, he talking about it? Yeah, he was putting us all in the freezer because we haven't been requesting Marietta represses. Really? Yeah, 100%. Oh my God. I don't actually follow him on TikTok. I follow him on I'm Instagram. Gonna, I haven't seen that. That's unreal. I I'm going to send that oh. through. Four days ago, he did it. Fuck. How um, cool is that? That's really cool. Um I mean, he's got great taste, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like, yeah, the last few weeks has been in my listens and that's that's unreal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was, I think I, I had listened to a, like a Midwest emo playlist like a, maybe a month or two ago. Yeah. And I think I just like triggered my memory and like they've got a song, um, Cinco de Mayo shit show or Cinco de Mayo shit show, whoever you want to call it. I don't, I don't know. I'm from Australia. <laughs> and and that song was just, it's like a classic. It's not my favorite song on, on the release, but I remember I just picked it up my phone, searched it, played it like a few weeks ago, and then I was just like, give me the album again. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's great. Um, while I'm talking about my songs, I think I will probably feature that one as one of my two. Um, but track five, God Bless Eric Taylor, is just a banger. Like, it's got the best build it's suck. It's everything you want in a Midwest emo track. Um, go listen to it. Go listen to it right after this, Dave, because I think you might like it. I know you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit too math for you. I'm not sure, but we'll see. We'll see. Tiny moving parts are right. I even like the early stuff. So, I mean, this kind of feels like tiny moving parts meets modern baseball. I'm not sure if you're a fan of modern baseball. 
Mm. Can't remember. Yeah. I like um, early baseball, like uh, Barry Bonds, just when <laughs> a few of the guys are doing roids. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, that's good shit. But yeah, that's my album this week. So off the nice. off the pop pop bandwagon for a little bit. Um, yeah, there we go. Until next week. I don't know. Is there anything? Oh yeah, maybe I will talk about Fletcher <laughs> next week. <laughs> uh, what a good album that is. Um. Anyway, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the topic today? No, I think we're ready to go for the topic. So, uh, episode mixtape five, cassette five. Um, this is this was a really fun chat as we spoke to earlier. Um, we both met this person last year through trivia, as you and I met Dave, and online mm-hmm. through COVID and all that kind of stuff. And we've just stayed good mates. We we game like nearly every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, we talk we talk a hell of a lot, and I think it was fun coming on and you know, I, I learned something new and you know we I talked to we, we talked to this guy every day right so it was really fun uh this person's not necessarily in the scene uh which I thought was really cool you know and we always said when we started this pod we just want to get our mates on and just talk shit and find what makes them tick and maybe it influences someone else to listen to an album or, or a song um so yeah really keen on this one mixtape five welcome Michael Webb play the smash Phil. Play the smash. So, Webby, thanks for jumping on the pod. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. No problems. Thanks for having me on. Super keen for this one, Webby. I love your list and I want to hear the story story behind it. Uh, we kind of know you from, from the trivia days, as some of the listeners may know, but uh, we talk a fair bit of music, but this this playlist goes... To every every spot, every corner, and I love it. Yeah, it. it uh, listen to the yeah. other episodes. It's not really the usual sort of metalcore stuff. There was some of this a bit left field. Some of the stuff you might not even realize. I listened to the way we chat about bands, but yeah, I tried to go back and uh, dig up stuff that has been with me for a while. No, I think it's super cool. Um, some of the songs you have are awesome. Some of my favorite songs. And there are some other things that I'm keen to like talk to you about. So um, I'm so stoked. And I think it's good. Like this is, you're just our mate. This is the first time we've had probably one of our just like close mates on. <laughs> Not that the other guys haven't been mates, but we just talk shit every day and play games every day. And I think this is what we wanted was to just like get our mates on the pod and talk shit really. So yeah, I'm really keen. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, I was wondering if I could bring uh, anything to the table, considering you've had people, you know, in the scene and musicians, that sort of thing. You know, I'm just a dude you game with, but I'm stoked to be here regardless. <laughs> I like how you've got the gamer headset on too. We'll probably jump yeah. online after this, right? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Always up. No, sick. So I'll start off with the first question, Webby. Um, so uh, how did you get into music? So what was your pathway? Did you have like mum and dad playing tunes or did you have like a, a brother or sister or a cousin that showed you showed you the way? Yeah, no, so I'm the oldest. So all my musical tastes came from uh, my folks. They were always playing music. Like they had the five CD stacker in the lounge room and they were playing records before that. So we were always, we always had music on. Dad pretty much just either reads books or listen to tunes. So there was always something on uh, while we were around. Nice. Yeah, how good's that? 
I think um, I think a lot of us have like memories of that. And I miss the old like CD stackers in the living room, and I've even got memories sitting around like a corner in the living room just listening to music. And I think, yeah, it's so pure, so good. Um, I feel I feel bad for like the young kids of today. They're not going to have that as much because everything's on the phones now. But fuck, what do you do? Yeah, no, everything was physical back then. And if it wasn't mum and dad playing, you know, you were going tagging along to mum and dad's friends' parties, and they were playing their music and you know, hanging out with the other kids and getting introduced to different music and Australian drinking culture in general through your parents. <laughs> <laughs> and you grew up you grew up in Queensland too, right? So you were well around the uh, Aussie drinking culture. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Born Victoria, but raised in um, Harvey Bay. So that's sort of rural, I suppose, coastal Queensland. So yeah, plenty of that. Nice. Plenty of that. Yeah. That's nice up there though. Oh, yeah. No, it's a beautiful place. Um, it's just a shame that, you know, all the people I went to school with still live there. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of the lucky ones that got out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, so I think... Oh, you go, Phil. No, nah, I was going to say, oh, leading into that, so you obviously grew up with a lot of kind of music around. Um, when you got to a point in time when you were able to buy your first record, whether it be a CD, a tape or, or a vinyl, what did you, what did you go with? Uh, the first CD I think I bought was uh, K-Zone Hits for Kids, Volume 1. <laughs> it was a pop compilation from way back. <laughs> but before that, I would have been... Um, <laughs> yeah. Before that, I would have been pinching mum and dad CDs for sure. Um, before, you know, finding my own sort of genre and things that I was into. No, Can I just say, so those good. K-Zone magazines were the best. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Cheese TV, Pokemon, Digimon, Dragon Ball Z. Good times. Yeah. So what about your first record? What was the first record that you bought? Uh, so I had a couple of hand-me-downs from mum and dad, I reckon. Um, the first one, the first new one that I got uh, was given to me by my brother-in-law and it was Ocean Avenue Acoustic. Um, nice. So that was the first one, sort of the start of the the, the new collection, but the first one I bought myself. Trying to remember, it was either Riot by Paramore or uh, Houses of the Holy from Led Zeppelin. It was one of the two. You started up here. Now I don't know if you can go much higher than that. Like started with Ocean's <laughs> Avenue Acoustic and then Riot. That's that's pretty high up. There's not much more high you can go. Oh, Ocean Avenue. Just the you know the studio recording being repressed. You know, I reckon that that just pips it. You know, yeah. You got very lucky with that one. I'm spewing. I'll probably <laughs> never get a copy because I'm just too stubborn to pay that much. But that's fine. Everything gets. They'll do it again. Yeah. Almost yeah, everything. Um, okay, so what was the uh, what was the last record that you purchased? Uh, the last one I would have picked up would have been the Lost and the Longing, the Alpha Wolf uh, holding absence a split. Uh, thanks to Phil yep. for that one. <laughs> no, I got you. To go. um, what a I weird saw... time to drop 7am. Yeah, very odd. Uh, after everyone knew it was coming, I suppose. The hype was already there. No need to build it, I guess. But I kind of like the uh, the red that we got in Australia too. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about it because I do like purple and, and pink and all that kind of stuff. But I think I've convinced myself the red's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's the same color as the text if you're going for the matching of the album art, right? 
Are you one of those, Webby? I don't know if we've actually had this convo. You yeah. like the matching record to, to album art? If it's there, I don't mind it. I do like something that's completely left field. But if yeah. the option's there, I generally go for it. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, and so I guess growing up or being raised in Queensland, what was the live music scene like there? Like, do you remember your first gig? Uh, Harvey Bay, there was very little. Like, um, I probably didn't start seeing big bands until I was old enough to drive. Um, so I'd drive off to Brisbane and even then we didn't get much mm. of the local scene news. It would be, you know, big bands, Brisbane Entertainment Centre sort of thing. Um, yeah, okay. But 2003 was my first gig. Uh, and Mum and Dad bought tickets for all of us to go see a taxi ride on their Garage Mahal tour at the Maribara, at the Broga Theatre in Maribara. <laughs> Maribara, Queensland, not big. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's, that's cool, cool. <laughs> so i would have been grade seven so 11 12 year old webby would have been absolutely stoked to see taxi rod <laughs> your whole family too that's pretty cool yeah yeah it was good awesome. mum and dad like we got into taxi ride because they had the first album so when the second one came out i ended up buying that one I got it signed at the gig because my dad talked to the lead singer. And back then I was like, you can't talk to him. He's a superstar. Like, <laughs> just no idea. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, I love that. I think uh, my first gig with like all my family was uh, my mom took us all along to Pink. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> when she did yeah. all those shows. I went to Pink with the in-laws to see the fun house. Yeah. Tour. Yeah. That was a time and a half in Australian music, I reckon. Oh, 100%, especially for, you know, middle-aged rural mums. Just massive. I think I think she did like 20 shows in a row or something yeah, at Rod Laver She was Arena. here. She played a full calendar month. She was like... <laughs> That's crazy. It's unreal. Yeah. Did you go to that tour, Dave? No, I've never seen Pink. Not even yeah. on the TV. You're too, you're too hardcore for that. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren went to seven dates in a row, I think, and she's like, we'll go what? when she comes that's out commitment. again. Yeah, or something crazy like that. Seven days like, in a row, that's a whole week. Yeah. <laughs> what do they call fun. it when you're on, um, when you're just a regular playing at a, at like a venue? Um, um, it's like the residency. reverse of a house band. Yeah. 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 You're the house, Pink had the a house residency. crowd member. <laughs> <laughs> Pink and Lauren had a residency at uh, Ron Labor. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, well, I guess on the flip side of that, then, maybe what was your most recent gig that you went to? Uh, it's been a minute since the most recent one. I reckon it was uh, the Era headline show uh, at the at Crowbar oh, nice. with uh, Gloom in the Corner, Vilify, and Diamond Contract. That's right. We're talking about that. Did yeah. um you get there early enough to see Gloom? Yeah, yeah. We saw the lot. Uh, Vilify opened. Um, they were sick. Gloom had technical issues, which seems to be uh, on trend for them. But once they got going, oh really? Like, they, they were awesome. I um, am absolutely hanging to see them this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Ask me in three days, and I'm going to say last gig was good things with Phil and Dave. So keen. Yeah. <laughs> I- I can't wait for the next few days. So like we are recording this on Monday. I think we're going to get it out on Wednesday. I guess we'll see how we go. And then maybe we leave on Thursday morning to drive down to Melbourne yeah. um, where we're pretty much coming in hot on the Thursday night to the story so far side show, which I'm so keen for. Yeah. I'm nearly more keen for that than good things to be honest. <laughs> it's not a huge venue, Sookie Lounge, is it? No, no it's, it's, it's going to like be sick. 
Yeah. It's nearly like a, a on the floor. Like the stage is like this high. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I'm gonna get kicked off stage. I reckon. <laughs> Hell yeah. You're gonna are you gonna jump off and uh, break your nose or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put your hands out. Don't do it, Jackson. <laughs> yeah. shout, shout out to our friend Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've got the big big dance on on Friday night or Friday with um, good things and bring me the horizon, Deftones. Yeah, very good. Amity, Kiss I'm King. Kiss Chasey. It's going to be sick. Oh, I'm so stoked to see Kiss Chasey. It's going to be awesome. I was gonna, is, Webby, is that who you're most keen for? Like, who is your top three you're most keen to see this weekend? I actually haven't seen Bring Me, so Bring Me's definitely right up there. Um, yeah. Kiss Chasey's definitely one of them. If I had to pick a third, I'm interested in Deftones because I've never seen them, but I know they're huge. Um, yeah. And I think just for the, you know, for how big and oh here we go uh, yeah for, for how big and how infrequently they pop up um tism just for the hey hey days you know what i mean yeah it just seems to be a cultural thing that doesn't happen very often so that'll be unique i'm sure yeah it's gonna, gonna be serious on. business yeah. yeah it'll be something i don't even know what time they play i think i've probably got a clash i'm not gonna lie but oh yeah i um, won't be saying i won't be saying tism sorry <laughs> So, Dave, who, who are you most keen to see? I'm keen to see Bring Me, uh, Kiss Chasey. I'm keen to see um, what Amity bring to the table. So I want to see good. that new track. Be good. Because, uh, yeah, news during the week is that it's their heaviest album to date, this new one. Are they going to play so a new song? Do you, have you heard? I think, I think they're going to play a new song. Oof. So that'll be what good. What do you say? Heavier than Youngbloods? Yeah. Because yeah. I think the tease was 29th was the uh, the date the new song new was track. coming. Mm. Yeah. Oh, really? Just in time. Yeah. yeah. I um. Well, I've seen them. I saw them at Unify this year, and then I saw them at their show in Sydney, and they like were so good both times. So I, I'm, I know they're going to be good. I'm definitely going to see them again. I haven't seen I them since that the new stuff. I um. I had tickets yeah. to that show, and then uh, That's had, right. I got had your to go ticket. to work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It was really good. Um, yeah. So um, the next question on the list is um, tell us about a unique purchasing story or like your most unique record. So maybe something you stumbled on in the wild that shouldn't have been there or, or something cool that's happened when you've been buying some stuff. Uh, so I think the most unique one for me was uh, – I only started sort of seriously collecting the last sort of two, three years. And I didn't realize mm-hmm. everything that I loved in high school now costs two to $300. Um, <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you can find it. Um, but I went looking for common courtesy from A Day to Remember, which was you know, $300, $400 minimum on Discog sort of thing. And I literally just Googled common courtesy vinyl for sale and on like page seven of Google, there was a little independent record store in uh, New Zealand that was selling an OG press for 50 bucks. <laughs> um, so I rolled the dice on it because we were pretty much, um, you know, we were one-to-one with their dollar. And a couple of weeks later, a cream with grey splatter copy of uh, Common Courtesy rocked up for 50 bucks. That's so cool. That is crazy. That's a good advice to check your Google Google <laughs> yeah. pages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go past page two; it's worth it. I don't oh. think I've ever gone past page one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Generally, if you 
if you're on page two, uh, you're out of luck, but uh, Google came through that day. Oh, that's sick. You don't even see the represses for 50 bucks. Like, I no. think I paid that that much for the, the egg. So you've got an absolute steal there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, was a, I was a happy boy. It hurts because I paid resale price for mine. Not as much as it is on Discogs and I've seen, but still too much. And they fucking repress it like eight months later. <laughs> <the> bastards, but... <laughs> That's how it goes. So I guess we'll kick on into the main part of the pod, the playlist. So as Dave mentioned, you've you've given us 10 songs and thank you for that. I think there are some absolute bangers in here. Um, and I think that it's going to be a bit, of, a bit of something for everyone, I think, as we kind of go through the list. Um so yeah, I guess the first song on the playlist is Hang by Matchbox 20. Uh, great cracker, cracker first song. Talk to us about it. Yeah, um, pretty much, uh, you know, mum and dad introduced me uh, to music. A lot of my early taste was influenced by their taste and dad pretty much had Yourself or Someone Like You by Matchbox 20 or August and Everything After by Counting Crows in the CD player at all times. So um, nice. I pretty much know that Mark Fox 20 album front to back, like, um, you know, parties, barbecues, uh, just at home in the afternoons, it was always on. And, um, yeah, yeah, no, a lot uh, my favorite track sort of changes sort of whenever I listen to it, but I always find myself going back to hang. Um, I think it's a really good song, obviously an emotional song. Uh, and for me, when I was younger, really easy to pick up and learn how to play on guitar. So spent a lot of time with it. Wait, do you know how to play this song on guitar? Still? Yeah, yeah, just a few chords. Um, it's a simple one. I mean, I don't play guitar very frequently anymore. <laughs> Kids and work and all that, but yeah. this one's an easy one to remember. I was going to say you need to pick up the guitar when I come around on Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, and, it'll uh, be atrocious, but I'll give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a clip for the Instagram. Yeah, Webby <laughs> serenading Phil. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get you a stage as well, Webby, so you can like sing to me it'll be it'll be lovely it'll yeah be lovely. I've, I've got a milk crate somewhere i'm sure <laughs> when i think of matchbox 20 i don't think of this song but it is a cracker like i listened to it i think three or four times in a row just going through and it's one of those uh, matchbox 20 is one of those bands that everyone knows or should yeah, know yeah. and um i really think they're a bit like third eye blind where Everyone knows the singles, but the rest of the album is just as good. Yeah. And like this is the case where they just it just rolls and rolls and rolls and there's just so many good songs. And yeah. It's so so good to revisit. I didn't realise that this album came out in ninety six. Yeah. Um, which kind of it blew my mind. I thought it came out like at least late nineties or early two thousands, like really close to that kind of I don't know what the era is, but you know, yeah. kind of the end of the grunge thing and, and rock was kind of getting a bit more mainstream. Yeah. Um, I think this album's like a perfect album, like no skips. I think it could be, I think it should, it's, it should be more highly rated or spoken about. Yeah. Um, and maybe it is just not now circles because like it's probably less, I don't know, alternative, but yeah. Rob Thomas has a great voice and Absolutely. this album's like perfect. And this song's a closer where you picked a great song yeah. to start with. Oh yeah. It's an awesome closer. And I think it might just be, Maybe it's just the age we are and maybe, you know, everyone remembers Rob Thomas's earlier stuff or people younger than us, but you know, especially mates, you know, people that I knew from way back, like you'd always be able to say, like, Oh, did your parents just smash 
yourself or everyone like you? Like, yeah, all the time. Like, you know. <laughs> also, I've got this on CD and it is so beaten up because I think I got it from my uncle and auntie who loved Matchbox 20 and it's so beaten up, but I still have it. And it's yeah. like, I won't get rid of it. It's 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 one of those albums, I think, which is when you know it's a good album. Yeah, absolutely. There's a tiny... There's a tiny little bit of stigma about it because it's played on Gold 104. <laughs> yeah. Melbourne. So it's Gold like, 104 is is a banger station, Dave. People don't give it enough credit. It is now that like we're like you guys are approaching your thirties. I'm having a midlife crisis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not even that much older than us, really. Like seven years. That's nothing. Midlife yeah. crisis. <laughs> I remember when Gold, yeah, Gold played the oldies. <laughs> yeah, they're all the yeah. songs that we love, which is fine. It's perfectly. It's fine. like listening to Triple M, and then they play Muse, and you're like, "Wait a second, what's going on?" <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it it does seem like a lot of that older rock stuff was definitely more uh, in the the vein of pop music back then. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't get bands like Nirvana on pop music, like on pop channels. You know, these days, pop's very much pop. Um, but I yeah. think back then, alternative music uh, was very much in the mainstream. Well, for some reason, I feel like they're much more active, but their last album was 2012. Um, so I don't know what my point was there, but I thought they were still touring. I feel like I've seen them play <laughs> tours recently. I'm not sure. Um, but who knows? I, know. I, I would assume Rob Thomas is still doing heaps of collabs. He did, back, he did a lot of go. solo stuff after the last Matchbox 20 album. Oh, trust me. I know all about the solo <laughs> stuff. <laughs> he was in, um, what's that movie? Uh, Meet the Robinsons. Meet the Robinsons. And he did a song for it. Yep. And that song, like, fuck, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets. Uh, anyways. All right. Let's queue um, it up. Yeah. We've got a couple more songs to play after it, and then we'll uh, we'll go through them. Sounds good. Sweet. Grabs her magazines, she packs her things and she goes. She leaves the pictures hanging up on the wall. She burns all her notes, and she knows she's been held so a few years. This old. He smokes his cigarette. He stays outside till it's gone. If anybody ever had a heart, well, I wouldn't be alone. She's been here too few years to be gone Every Just hang 
trouble understand If she got reasons he don't Wonder how I couldn't see it all Until she grabbed up her coat And she goes She's been here too few years Take it all in a stride Yeah, I was still it's much too long To let her go
think about you all the time And I don't need the same It's lonely where you are Come back down And I won't tell them your name
at the top there we had Matchbox 20 Hang, and then we had the Goo Goo Dolls name, and then we had Led Zeppelin, The Ocean. Webby, good bunch of tracks there. Yeah, a bit of a different vibe from each one. But um, yeah, the progression from uh, what I listened to back then and what I listen to now was sort of step through what my folks listened to to uh, what I started getting interested in and yeah. So uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, like I'm a, I'm one of those people that only knows Iris and Slide, unfortunately. <laughs> yep. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Name's really a really good song. It actually reminds me, Hang and Name are very, felt very similar to me, which, is, which isn't which is a bad thing, but I think they're really good. What are you saying, Phil? No, I was going to say that the first three songs, I mean, the whole playlist flows really well, but these two songs, I was like, fuck, Webby's on fire today. He's picked two <laughs> absolute bangers back to back, and it flows really well. And then, uh, no spoilers, but as we keep going, I was just like, shit, this is really good. Yeah, great choices. There's definitely a bit of a change here. You can see where I start uh, developing my own taste after listening to my folks' music, um, which I was still, you know, still part of, still listen to. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls, before I knew about Slide and Iris, uh, mum and dad would play uh, the Gutterflower album all the time. Mm. Um, they had that on CD and that was another one that would get uh, put in the CD player uh, pretty often. And off the back of that, I went down and, you know, I downloaded... Uh, the other Goo Goo Dolls albums and uh, A Boy Named Goo and Dizzy Up the Girl especially were a couple of albums that stuck out to me. Like, um, it was probably around then I started uh, trying to learn how to play guitar and, um, like, they would go into all different sorts of alternate tuning. Um, the acoustic uh, sort of guitar work on the tracks was just fantastic to me. I think these are two two songs, but two bands that, like, of course you want to learn how to play guitar after you listen to it because you're like, shit, this, it's it's so good. And it feels so yeah. good and, and calming, and it's yeah, I can I can see why it would make you want to learn guitar. Um, and then then there's a song that doesn't want to make you want to learn guitar in the Led Zeppelin, <laughs> which is like very very technical stuff. Yeah, well off the back of the music that I was listening to, like dad play guitar, he'd play stuff like that for us. And then I started learning how to play and started subscribing to guitar magazines. And I was like, oh, looks like I've got to check out this Led Zeppelin band. They reckon, you know, they're pretty good. <laughs> um, and just <laughs> going down the Led Zeppelin rabbit hole and looking at the musicianship from all the members, like it was pretty much, you know, a super group. Just yeah. insane to me at the time. Um, watching all the live DVDs, getting all the CDs, just like my first tattoo was Led Zeppelin. I just absorbed anything uh, Zeppelin. And uh, the Ocean is a great track. Most of their catalogue uh, is filled with great tracks. But, yeah, um, I went hard into the Led Zeppelin rabbit hole. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't really listen to Zeppelin, you know, in my free time. I, when a song comes on, you know that they have this, like, distinct sound that you're like – Okay, this is a Led Zeppelin track. Um, but you mentioned you got the tattoos, and I know you are they arguably one of your favorite bands, or if not your favorite band? Yeah, they would absolutely be my favorite band. Like, like I said, I just soaked all of it up, all the albums, just watching Jimmy Page yeah. play through on the guitar, Robert Plant having just 
the vocalist is having the most insane range. Like it was hypnotizing, and I wish I got a chance to see them because um, yeah, there was a lot of that stuff from that era, then Pink Floyd uh, that I'd go back to, um, like really often, and uh, I don't think a lot of bands these days uh, have that sort of staying power whether or not it was there was a more limited pool of what you could listen to back then or they really were you know the best of the best but you know their first album came out in 1969 and they're still revered as some of the best musicians there are you know i mean their guitar work is insane like that's one of the main takeaways i took from this track was their guitars are just like i don't know what else to say about it yeah (laughs) one guitar is yeah, yeah, and this he single plucks it, doesn't he? So he plays each string individually. Yeah, essentially, doesn't he? And that's the thing from that era that I think is lost because um, a similar thing to to what you had. My parents played the Eagles Hotel California yep. all the time, Same. and they had a DVD. And the intro, he like plays it each individual string on the guitar, and like they have a close up on it, and it just blows my mind that people can hit that note so perfectly over and over again, mainly because they wrote it, but like 50 years later, like it's Absolutely. incredible. I mean, even outside that, just, you know, the whole band taking 18 minutes to play a song because every band member does a solo, you know, improvising <laughs> for that long. And, you know, you know they, they were, you know, so masters cool. of whatever they were playing back then. I just think it's still awesome to watch. Mm. I mean, I think it's, it's, I mean, Zeppelin's an interesting one because I think that kind of era of rock music was so, like you said, was it just that there wasn't a lot of it out there or like these guys are really good, but I feel like in 2022, there aren't a lot of bands that play music like that and where you'll go to a show and there'll be every band member would do like an insane solo and it's actually like, holy shit. I don't think I can remember seeing anything like that. Yeah. Fucking a long time. I think Muse might've been the closest because they'll riff off each other for like, 10 minutes, but not like that. Not like you hear on those tracks. Yeah. Not even bands like Metallica do that. Like, I think I saw Slayer one night and they did it a little bit for like one song, but like not 20 minutes, maybe six or seven. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's insane. I mean, I can't speak to, you know, being around in the seventies, but that was, you know, in the mainstream (laughs) back then, you know what I mean? Everyone was listening to it and there's, you know, all the, super technical guitarists like they're not on they're not on the radio you know no yeah yeah it's true we'll go into the next track which is the next one in the queue which is ramping things up a lot which is <laughs> That's awesome cool. to see and uh it's uh hand of blood by a bullet for my valentine wow <laughs> keen well, it's been a I little mean, while I, since I've listened yeah. to Bullet, so I went through just before we actually got on. Actually, I was I was listening to it through, and it's something I used to play like heaps between two thousand five and two thousand ten. I think I probably played it so much that I kind of got sick of it, which is yeah, pretty big deal. But <clears throat> what an album! It's absolutely I mean, crazy. I'm so glad you picked this song because I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet. I mean, we, we had like Kill Switch Engage, we're a band, like a gateway kind of band into the heavier scene. For me, Bullet for My Valentine, and this song in particular was. Um, I remember when that song came out, and they had kind of that EP that came out maybe like a year before the album that had 
it's like a green cover with two people on it. I can't remember. Um, and this song was on it. And I remember listening to it like back in the day and thinking, holy shit, I hadn't listened to music like this yet. And it was, it was still kind of, it wasn't like as full metal as they would soon become. Um, why'd you pick it? I'm keen to hear your story, Whippy. I'm in a similar boat with Bullet. Like I progressed from playing the, the old school rock stuff and then, you know, getting into the newer bands. Uh, and when I heard Hand of Blood, I was like, this is like the fastest, loudest thing I've ever heard. You know what I mean? Like it blew my mind back then. Um, and then off the back of that, The Poison to me is like untouchable. It's like one of the metalcore albums from back then. Um, and yeah, same boat as Dave. I just smashed it. Like it was always on. And just me hanging out with my friends, trying to learn how to play, you know, Bullet and Prom Queen and Parkway riffs. Like, you know, it reminds me of. Can you can you play much of that bus. stuff? Oh no, no way. <laughs> I, can play, <laughs> I can play riffs and bits and pieces, but no, not whole songs. No. Um. And as I don't know if I've actually, I don't know if I know this or not, but do you have this on vinyl? No, no. Uh, the dream. One day. <laughs> one day. Everything gets a repress, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think um, it's so technical for, for like, it just, it was just so good, but it bridged the gap for me between like the screamo emo stuff that I was listening to and to metal. It's like a good yeah. gateway in like, if you're uh, if you're not really familiar with metal, like this would be a good gateway to show someone. Like this would be like a first album that you could show your kid and be like, "Well, this is this is metal." Then you can go in which whichever direction you've got you want to. So because it's got a bit of everything, and that's uh, that's the beauty of it. That's why it's a no skip. It's almost the the perfect album. Yeah, definitely. And that was probably why it was so appealing to me back then. Like I was listening to you know old school British metal and then, you know, this new British metalcore band pops up and I was like, man, this stuff is cool. And that was, you know, what led me down the path to heavier stuff and, you know, other other types of metal and metalcore. Did they um did they have MySpace in Harvey Bay? Oh, I think only the I think only the mayor got MySpace, but you know, <laughs> we just gathered around his computer every now and again. Were you big on the MySpace like scene with music and everything? I'm assuming you were because you're kind of like you're into all the emo shit we're into. But yeah, it got a bit of MySpace action, but I we didn't even really have um, like I think we had like a 12 gig internet plan or something like that. So you know, <laughs> I thought you were going to say F- we didn't really have internet. <laughs> you get three days. Maybe you're not helping yourself. <laughs> you get three days into the month, and mum and dad are like, nah, that's it. <laughs> we got bills <laughs> to pay. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are you guys, and uh, I mean, given that we're kind of on this whole journey of, of metal and I guess we'll talk to future songs, but for Bullet after this and they did Scream Aim Fire, that's where I jumped off. Yeah. I like Scream Aim Fire, but I didn't listen after that. What about you guys? Did you guys keep going or? Uh, for me, it was after Scream Aim Fire that I jumped off. Um, and okay. I don't know if it was just, there was a change in his voice or I was just moving to to something else at the time, like the timing was yeah. such that I moved to something other than Bullet. But um, yeah, it was yeah, yeah heaps of the poison, a little bit of Scream and Fire, and after that, it was not a whole lot. But I will say the new album uh, got me back Good. in. I think it's fantastic. Um, if you haven't, just 
check out Parasite. It starts with one of those trying to tune the radio uh, with samples of the old tracks in there. Oh yeah, uh, and then gets Ooh, into. A, I love that. Gets into it pretty hard. Um, yeah, check out Parasite, and if you like it, go in on the album. I reckon. Um, I reckon it's a good one. When did that come out? Because I've just got a deluxe edition came out in August. I think it was last oh, year, and yeah, the deluxe added a couple more tracks. Might have even started this Fuck. year, but yeah, within the last twelve months, I'd, I'd reckon. Sweet. Yeah, I'm this. I'm the same as you guys. I um didn't even know they released anything after Scream and Fire. That's how much I dropped off. Dave. Seems seems like they've released a fair bit of stuff. So, um, yeah. Oh, I think I remember seeing Fever, but yeah, the Scream and Fire, the Poison, there their best yeah. two, I think. But I'm mm. interested in hearing that first track yeah. of the latest one. I mean, it's it's hard. I don't know if it's road colors, colored glasses, but I don't know how you could follow up the poison. You're like, they've done it. Fuck, pack her up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you probably like. Fuck, I mean, it's true. I, I mean, I guess talking about big kind of metal records or metalcore records. I mean, I'm asking from your opinion, where because I know you're a fan. Where would you rank this in in regards to like metal metalcore against bands like Slipknot against other heavy bands from that era? Where do you kind of rank this record? Well, against other against other bands like this, I'd put it pretty high. Like it would probably be in my top five of you know metal metalcore, at least from that era. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Like it was one of the heavy hitters for me for sure. Nice, nice. And people pay five hundred bucks for it, so it must be yeah. it must be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> what came out in that same era? What year was this? Two thousand and five. Two thousand and five. I think it was around at the heartache from Kill Switch, unless I'm yeah. misremembering. I think that sounds about right. Um, no idea, but it's so good, and I think this is a, this is a good because I think it's a great gateway record, and it was a gateway song for me into this heavier stuff at that time. So I'm glad you brought it up, so I don't have to bring it up on my playlist eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I can save my playlist songs for all my sad boy stuff. Well, should we get into it? I'm uh, yeah. I'm keen as for the next three. Yep. <sighs> Same. Oh! Take your spot. 
Nothing you can say can stop me going home. So, uh, at the top of that bracket, we played Hand of Blood by Bullet for My Valentine. We then followed up with Aesthetics of Hate by Machine Head. And then Famous Last Words by My Chemical Romance. What a roller coaster of emotions through that one. Um, Webby, talk us through Machine Head. I think that was a, it was a long song. Uh, it was probably the longest song we've had in the pod. Uh, why'd you pick it? Uh, I actually picked it because it was slightly shorter than the one I wanted to play. Um, but uh, I picked Machine Head because I think I don't listen to any other album from Machine Head other than The Blackening. But when I listened to The Blackening, I was like, holy shit, this is just metal perfection. I was probably listening to heaps of Metallica and stuff like that at the time. And I was like, this is like Metallica, but now in good. Like um, (laughs) the album front to back for me was just phenomenal. And me being into, you know, all the guitar magazines and all that at the time, just listening to that album and, um, you know, the length of the songs and how they progressed. Um, sort of blew me away. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, Dave, but I'd never listened to Machine Head before this song. Oh, really? I went Have through you? a big Machine Head phase oh, back well, in take it away then. <laughs> 2001. So, like, uh, Machine Head have, like, a bit of a, a interesting history. Um, so, I jumped on uh, when Supercharger came out. So, I liked Su- like Supercharger. But that was, like, rock metal, like... Um, that a single that was supposed to come out on September 11, yeah, oh. and it was called um, "Crashing Around You." Are you joking? It's, no, I'm 100 percent serious. It's on the list of banned songs from the radio from after 9/11. Yeah, wow. And um, and like it's a really awesome album, but it's more like that mainstream kind of metal that you would hear. But then you go to like the Blackening, and it's like the opposite of that. Like it's very niche metal. Like, as you said, Webby long songs, awesome riffs. Like it's, it's interesting. Cause it's usually what bands like that start with. And like, um, they started in like 94. So they've been around a long time. I, I thought they were around a lot longer than that. I thought they were a much older band, but that's pretty hectic. That this came out in what, 2008. Yeah, 2007, um, I think. I straight away thought it came out like 10 years earlier at least. Yeah, um, especially from the artwork as well. Like it always trips yeah. me up when you see it because like it's it's like that early 90s artwork that you would tend to see. Yeah. Um, the song is so heavy though. And I'm not massive into to metal vocalists. There are bands that I like. Um, but it was, it was like I was surprised and I was like, holy shit, like this song goes really hard the guitars are just hectic and then his, his vocals i think carry the song for me um they're really really good really well done yeah no, he is a great vocalist and i don't know what it was about that album specifically that just made me go like yeah this is it but like if someone came up and said like hey what's you know what's mid mid 2000s metal all about i'd, I'd just say listen to blackening and yeah I, f- I feel like that would be all I need to tell someone like yeah um so I guess like thinking in in regards to your musical journey as we talk through the playlist this is really the last song on the on the playlist it is that more traditional middle um do you still listen to much more of that like newer stuff do you like seek that 
in in bands um, each week that they're releasing music, or are you kind of happy living with that kind of metal back from then? Yeah, that sort of metal, I think, is just a a product of where I am, and that's where I was at the time, and I sort of stick with that. Like when a new, you know, Lamb of God album or something like that comes up, it's not really a, a blip on the radar, but I'll always go back to the, you know the stuff that I listened to back the then. Classics, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's fair. I'm just, I'm always curious with metal because I always feel like I see the same things pop up on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And I don't really know many people that still listen to new age metal as much. I see, I saw a bit of Lamb of God, got a bit of action when that came out. Um, but I don't really hear too much else. So I'm always curious to know. Yeah. And I was never huge into it, but there'd be a couple that would just stand out and maybe they stood out because they were, you know, better than the, the general sort of, uh, glut of albums yeah. that were there, but. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, Dave, I'm not sure if you want to say anything else, but I'm really keen to get to the next one. Um, welcome to the My Chemical Romance podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, famous Last Words, Webby. Um, talk to me. What, why this song? Uh, famous Last Words, um, I feel like is one of those, uh, one of those songs that could have been um, the closer without the final song at the end. Um, which would just be an awesome way to sort of tie out the album. Um, similar to Danger Days, you know, they finish uh, the album out and then they throw vampire money on the end of it. It feels more like, yeah. a, you know, an after credits thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, Famous Last Words was a, a song that stood out to me when I was listening to the the album for the first time. Um, and every every time I listened to the album after that, I'd just wait for the album to, you know, I'd love the songs going through, but I'd be waiting for it to finish so I could hear the song again. Um, I think yeah. it's awesome. Like the Black Parade reminds me of, you know, trying to impress my girlfriend at the time, now wife, that I was a cool emo kid too. Um, and just look at you playing the long game. Well done, baby. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I had to prove that I was, you know, king, king emo. <laughs> I bought the CD on a flight to Norfolk Island where I just listened to it constantly and, uh, pestered my parents to go to the internet cafe uh, to buy more credit to, you know, MSN, get on MSN Messenger. <laughs> the good That's old awesome. days. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I remember internet cafes when you're on a holiday and you'd be yeah. lucky to get there for like half an hour and then mum's like, we're going out. And I'm like, fuck, I just want to sit on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Um, I think the album front to back is is flawless it's it's my favorite album so it was hard to choose um a single uh one single song oh. but you know it had to be done for the sake of the listeners um yeah th- this is a no-brainer for me i think i was so, like you've had a few songs on this list and there's still a few more to come um and like for me that's the best mike m song it's my favorite mike m song um like hands down i think it's I still treat it as a closer just because when you had the CD, there'd be that like awkward silence for a minute. Yep. <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck, that's it. The CD's done. I don't need to hear that shit. <laughs> but um, no, it's a great song. And, and I think it just sums up everything about that album and that era. Yeah. Uh, I think it tied it up really nicely. I know we didn't get too much after this. Like we had Danger Days and then they had the, the conventional weapons, but um, it just felt like a really good end to a three span record that album run. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. So I'm so glad you put it in. Oh uh, yeah. I love the album and I'm a bit of a sucker for a concept album as well. Like, um, Pink Floyd's the wall 
um, Machine Heads, the Blackening's a concept album, the Poison's a bit of a concept album. And for me, the Black yeah. Parade, in terms of like modern albums, it's it's the concept album. It's the the wall for emos. You know, it's yeah, awesome. I think as well. Oh, Dave, you gonna say something? No, you go. Always. Um, I think it's probably one of the few songs. I know Teenagers, as everyone says, that's like the big hit. But I still think this is arguably the best standalone song on the record. Like you could take the song out of it and it doesn't feel like a concept song. I know Teenagers kind of doesn't, but in the grand scheme of the album, it kind of does. So I feel like this, once you take it out, it could kind of be on anything really. Um, and I think just the way, like how they ended the album, they ended the run and all the singles with this song and, you know, they're playing and fucking the music video and everything's on fire around them. And, you know, their, their costumes are like burnt to shit. I think it's just... It's so good. I could talk about this song forever. Yeah. No, I, I was going to... Oh, sorry. I no. was going to ask, is it... I was Sorry. I was going to ask, like, just segueing from you, what you were saying, Phil, like, is this their best song? Is that your favourite song by them, Phil? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I've got, like, three songs that I would have in my top three, and I think this probably would be number one. Yeah. Tied number one, at least. I think it's probably my favorite Mike Hem song. Like I look at us, look at us. <laughs> I I skip teenagers whenever I can. There's something about it that just doesn't. I don't know if I heard it too many times or or what. I'm not sure why, but I'd skip that well, every chance I got. That's my most skipped Mike Hem song for sure. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, uh, but yeah, as you were saying, Phil. But it's also called famous last words. It's a good way to to finish things, isn't it? Like everything's on fire. That's their famous last words. And then they're, they're kind of gone off into the distance and they kind of trick it, <laughs> trick everyone with that final song. I can't, I mean, have you guys seen my chem live before? No, no I haven't. <clears throat> Are you going to the shows? Are you going to the Sydney show with me? Uh, I haven't got tickets. I'd love to. <laughs> it's just still available. Should go. Yeah. Keen. Um, but like when you see this song live, you like you have an out of body experience for sure. Yeah, like it's just so fucking good, and yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think Webby, is this your favorite Mike Hem song? Uh, I reckon if I was looking in quotes objectively, it'd be my favorite. But there's something about "Thank You for the Venom" that just fucking gets me going. Oh. It's such a good track. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm yeah, putting on Mike Hem, I'll either put on "Famous Last Words" or "Thank You for the Venom." Depends on the day and the mood. Yeah, that's uh, they're good. They're good options. So, um, fuck back to back now. I'm gonna take a breath after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next song that we have that we're about to play another a favorite of mine, Webby, and I know we've spoken a lot about this band and, um, yeah, Gold Steps by Neck Deep. Uh, banger. Talk to me about it. Uh, Neck Deep's one of my wife's favorite bands and it's something that I, I feel like no one can hate, especially this album. Like it's so energetic. No. It's whether you call it generic pop punk or not, I don't think it's a bad thing because it's textbook, you know, if that yeah. is the standard, then, you know, it's, it's pretty good. Um, and gold steps, especially, um, I, I love the message that gold steps has just being like, you know, sometimes life will, be a bit shit, but it's not out to get you. It is what you make of it. You know, pick yourself up and carry on, you know? 
it's not the I was going to say, Webby, do you like this because, uh, do you like the song because you're moving mountains you once had to climb as well? Or? Oh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, so not good. just the, the personal message, but, you know, um, and maybe Dave can relate something I want to instill in my kids too. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world if you have a bad day. Like, you know, every, it's not the world trying to keep you down. Everyone comes up against adversary. You know, you pull your socks up and you carry on. That's what you make of it. Yeah, it's a it's a message that I'm really pushing on Harvey at the moment, actually. So um, he's uh, he'll scream whether he's got a splinter or a broken leg the same way. So I'm really trying <laughs> to instill to him like if he falls off his bike, like you're gonna fall, you're gonna you're gonna have to get back up, and like you're gonna have some of those scars, but some of those scars are gonna tell you some stories and chicks dig scars as well. So. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, it's there. a continue it's just like a a great message and it's not always doom and gloom like you can spin it positively you can spin it negatively but at the end of the day you've just got to write your own script as well and i think that's another part where you could read it this is beautiful this is real beautiful stuff here fellas (laughs) um i want to come with a bit of a spicy take because i copped a little bit of heat last week on the pod talking about um, how the story so far, you know, rebirth, new, the new age of pop punk, in my opinion. I'm going to go to the grave with that. I think there is a point in time and when the story so far came out with Undersoil and Dirt, this new wave of pop punk kind of came, right? Um, I think in the new age of pop punk, this is the best, this song is from the best pop punk album. New yeah. age pop punk album. Yeah. If you're asking me, Last Night Out to Get You is the best pop punk album of this sort of era of pop punk. It's, yeah. To me, at least, it's, it's flawless. If I was, same with Machine Head, if I was going to introduce someone to pop punk now, I'd show them <coughs> Last Night Out to Get You. And I saw you, Dave, putting your hands over your eyes. None of that. Use your words, son. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought we were going to be talking about a different comment about um are you trying to make this about Machine Gun Kelly? Again? I'm not here to talk no, about I'm Machine not. Gun Kelly. <laughs> no. <laughs> what I'm talking about is the story so far who bought up um, pop punk from the dead. And then we've got, I thought you were going to go to our international listeners' favorite bands that they like to bring up that almost brought down <laughs> pop punk oh. in all type of. <laughs> I, I just can't oh. believe they're still a thing. I mean. Shout out to international listeners yet again. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's, um, oh, this is nonsense and I love it. (laughs) So, um, I'm actually late, like late onto Neck Deep, like always seeing them on bills and stuff like that, but never really gave them some time. I was kind of stuck in my metalcore, metal, hardcore kind of rut, I guess you could say, and really, um, Many you guys has really pushed that um, pop punk back back in. So I'm really appreciative for that because it is a really, really good out, like really good record, really good band. And um, I'm keen to see what they bring out next because it should trend very well. See, I, um, I loved uh, all distortions are intentional. Um, it was definitely a departure from the old sound. Um, but I still thought it was fantastic. But after hearing um, Shut the Fuck Up, I'm like, hell yeah, bring it on. 
Yeah. I'm so keen. Fucking how good is that song? And there's a video they played Sad Summerfest in the States and they played that song and I was like, yeah, that, that's going to slap live. I am interested to know, Dave, as a recent convert, so to say, what's your favorite album? I go back to The Peace and the Panic the most. Yeah. I don't know oh, why. It no, just, just flows a... really well. It's just awesome. Like I, like, I don't like one more than the other, but I always find myself going back to Peace and Panic. Uh, I like the, I think this is their best album, but it's not my favorite. The Peace and the Panic is definitely mine, I think. Yeah. I find, you, especially this... recently, going back to Wishful Thinking a lot. I think it's Oof. just that Peace and the Panic and um, Last Night Out to Get You For Me is very uh, similar sonically, so to speak. Uh, but there's something about the yeah. how raw Wishful Thinking is. Um, but yeah. Wishful Thinking actually has my favorite neck deep song but i'm gonna save that for the pod (laughs) (laughs) no power rankings Um, today (laughs) no power rankings today (laughs) um fuck we're gonna talk about this for ages and this isn't a my Neck deep pod so let's load it up um thank you webby for gifting this song upon us (laughs) anytime cue the glass smash dave (laughs) 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 now play the song let's go
Time's things will bend you, but trust me you'll be fine Cause I've been moving mountains that I once had to climb Run them jewels fast, run them, run them jewels fast, run them, run them, run them, run them, run them, run them, fuck the slow mo. Fascist slave, you protested to get in a fucking look book. Everything I scribbled like the anarchist book book. Look good, posing in the center for the crook book. Black on black on black with the ski mask, that is my crook book. How you like my styling, bruh? Ain't nobody smiling, bruh. About to turn this motherfucker up like Rikers Island, bruh. my fathers and my cripples and my blooders and my brothers. When you niggas gon' unite and kill the police motherfuckers. Or take over a jail, get them CO's hell. The burning of that sofa, goddamn, I love the smell. Like it's the pillow torching, where the fuck the warden? And when you find them, we don't kill them, we just waterboard them We killing them for freedom, cause they tortured us for boredom And even if some good ones die, fuck it, the Lord will sort them we, we out of order, your honor, you out of order This old court is unimportant, you fuckers are walking corpses I'm a clip wig synonym, living within distortion I bite into a sign, I'm all up before you wars win I'm a New Yorkie and I'm fucked for the jump I wear my Yankees so tilted, I actually walk with a hunch Look at Mikey, I think he's Mikey, we are sinister sons. Hey, we the type of type to preach it with a grin and a grin and a Come on, come on. Visiting. My solitary conditions preventing conjugal visits Domain and missing my missus They keeping me from my chilling conditions Create a villain The villain is giving vision The vision becomes a vow to seek vengeance on all the vicious Liars and politicians Profiteers of the prisons The forehead engravers and slavers of men and women Including members of clergy that rule on you through religion So strip your kids to the nude and then tell them God will forgive them Run them fast Run them fast Run them It's Taylor on the cut, lifting six on your stitching crew. I'm miles ahead of you, you can sit my pictures through. My battle status is burning matches from Dallas to Malibu. Check my resume, your residence is residue. Color skin top, and my honey dip will backflip for you. You playing God, your eyes socket, she gon' rip it too. We sick of bleeding out a tray, spraying victim you. Dunk dying, fill up AK, dicking you. The clips in the bottom, we dipping from Gotham. Yes, eclipsed by the shadows of dark dance to the coffin. I'm a fellow with melanin, suspect 
of a felony Rip like rock in my law Feds is checking my melody Less aggressively testing with bump Stretches and penalties Um, cases we're facing A cop please when we season a pump With reason to dump on you global grand dragons Still piling fast fucks Afghani toe tagging Now they tracking me Yeah we busting back See the only thing that close quicker than our caskets Be the factory Drain ourselves in steady streams until the river.
So we had uh, neck deep, gold steps, then into Run the Jewels, Close Your Eyes, and Count to Fuck, featuring Zach De La Roca. And we had at the end there, Polaris Pray for Rain. Big bracket. Big bracket. Run the Jewels. Talk us through that, Wibby. <laughs> um, Run the Jewels, to me, are kind of like the sort of spiritual success at a Rage Against the Machine. Um, listening to the music I listened to when I was in high school, especially uh, when Rage sort of packed it in. Uh, Prophets of Rage didn't really fill that, um, fill that void, um, but Run the Jewels definitely did that for me. Uh, and I feel like it's one of those bands that sort of crosses genres. I'm generally not much of a rap fan, but I don't know, it's the, the energy or the, in quotes, heaviness of, of Run the Jewels. Um, like, I, I just love it. It's that similar sort of, like, sort of protest, rap, rock sort of style with a, a little bit of silliness in it, maybe that Rage Against the Machine didn't have. Um, but, like, LP and Killer Mike together, I just think of the... An, awesome combo like yeah it's super angry it's like angsty and i think that's what i love about it i really enjoy um this album as well as well this song is is awesome but i think like run the jewels 2 is probably one of the best hip-hop albums i've ever ever heard i've got a friend that tells me it's the best hip-hop album ever ever yeah Oh, Jesus. We could... I know it's a big call. I know it's a big call, but yeah, I'm with you as well. Like maybe 10 years. Maybe 10 years. I don't know. I'm just trying to build some some theater around it, okay? No, this album <laughs> is probably one of the best records. Not even just hip-hop records, but it's one of the best records of the last 10 years, I think. Yeah. Um, I remember listening to this for the first time, um, and I was like, holy shit. You know, like, I'd never listened to Run the Jewels before this, but this, this album came out. And everyone was talking about it. It was all over Triple J at the time. Uh, and I think you picked a good song, movie that reflects that angst. I mean, it's East Coast hip-hop and rap. Like, East Coast is better, in my opinion, to, to West Coast. I think the beats are just, they're just fatter and kind of angry, like you said, Webby. Um, and I think the flow is just really, real tight. So I think it's a great track. And yeah, I'm with even- you as well, Webby. Sorry, it <laughs> no, feels that right. feels that Rage Against the Machine void that we have. Where like I love Rage Rage Against the Machine, and um, yeah, Profits just didn't do anything for me. Just because I like Profits over a Rage, and I saw them at Download or something maybe when they did that like two two year run or three year yeah. run, and I thought they were real good. They were like one of the highlights of the weekend for me. Uh, to me, they weren't bad. Um, it's just that every song was samey, which you know, you don't get from around the Jewels album. Like the, oh, the one thing they're singing about, you know, like, you know, human rights and all this sort of stuff. And the next song is, um, she want my dick in her mouth all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> they've got that silly edge that, you know, a lot of bands that would have listened to um, when I was younger have. And um, the aggressiveness is sort of, you know, it's evidenced by the fact that Zach Della Rocca does, you know, all these collabs with him. He collaborated on, RDJ2, uh, RDJ4. I'm sure there's been more times that they've performed together. Um, but yeah, it just seems like, um, you know, one of those bands a lot of people can get around because the message is always so positive mm. when they are trying to put something across. You know, you can't argue with, you know, against the stuff that they're arguing for, you know. Yeah. 
And you've got a pretty sick collection of their stuff, right? Yeah, I think I have uh, most of what they put out. Um, like I said, I don't, I'm not usually a, a rap fan, but you know, I fell hard for for Run the Jewels. Just awesome. Love that. Love that. So the next song is Polaris, an upcoming Australian band. We may get to see them on Friday. At good things. Fuck, are they playing on Good Things? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I forgot, I'm, I, like I told you, there's two bands I want to see and the rest is bonus. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Pray For Rain is killer track. Um, I was actually off um, this album when it came out. Like, listened to it once. The vinyl what? wasn't like the mock-up. And I've come oh. back around. I've come back around. Because you so get was in it just like, was it? Did you like the singles? I liked the singles. They were fine. Because mm. I say, Masochist um, is like... Unreal. It's so that was yeah. a great leading single. The one that sounds like every time I die was sick as well. Is that Masochist? Um, it's the other one. Hypermania? I like Hypermania, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, just a fun fact about um, Masochist is that the person in the music video for that is someone I love a lot. It's... Um, Gerard Way. It's... it's <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Name that Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's Zach from Young Lions. Yep. He did all the art for that, and uh, he's a fucking goat. Yep. And sorry, I had to, he had to bring him up in some way. Well, moral of the story is I've come full circle with them because finally I remember he- hearing the guilt and the grief back in the day, and then like they had a big big path ahead of them. But I think that album has has aged really well. So, and this is a great track off as well. Builds really well. Mm. Uh, if you look at the years in the songs that I've sort of put up, you'll see there's a gigantic gap between 2014 and 2020 um, because it yeah. sort of dropped off um, sort of new music. Um, I seem at the time I was content with what I had. You know, I was having kids at the time. I was working at the time and I just wasn't going after um, new music um, the same way I was when I was younger. And I hadn't even heard of Polaris when this album came out. Um, I love the Aussie scene Ooh. stuff. I definitely had the uh, the notion back then, like, oh, Aussie music, like local music. Like, what? Like, I'd heard North Lane and Parkway and the bands that had gotten a bit bigger. Amity, I listened to heaps of, but all the sort of bands that were any smaller than that, I wasn't that into. Um, and I came back from an overseas trip and my brother-in-law had two copies of uh, The Death of Me that he'd bought. And he's like, oh, listen to this. You might like it. And I put it on in the car on the way home and I was like, this is fucking cool. Um, yeah. And off the back of that, joined you know some of the Facebook groups that we're in and started following some of the bands that we're into. And I was like, holy shit, local music can be pretty good. Um, local scene's good. So I put this song in there because it was kind of like my gateway to the local scene. Like I didn't know who, you know, Ocean Grove were, Polaris, like those big bands that you guys probably were all around and that's you know, a result of me not chasing new music, not being part of a local scene, being in Harvey Bay, you know, mm. not a capital city. Um, but yeah, this band to me just opened up the door for all this good music that I listen to now. That's awesome. And you picked a pretty good track. Um, really good track, actually. Uh, and I know you saw them recently. Uh, I know you talked really highly or recently a few months ago. Um, what were they like live? They were phenomenal. Um, I think the Roundhouse was the perfect venue for them, um, especially yeah. some of these slower songs that build uh, 
like pray for rain, the way it builds up mm. and then just gets heavy. Um, Marta, which starts a lot softer as well. Um, yeah. They've definitely got that sort of stadium vibe without being full stadium dad rock. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's built for a bigger stage and it was phenomenal. It was awesome. Um, I can't wait to see what they do at Good Things. But that roundhouse show was flawless. I'm keen to know and like, I love Polaris as well. And I think they were the last band I saw before lockdown in 2020 um, on this album tour, actually. And I thought that the vocals were sounded a bit like scratchy and a bit off for me. Um, I don't think I've seen them since. Maybe I have at a festival, but I don't really remember. Um, how do you think they sounded vocally? Like, did he sound good with the screams? Yeah, vocally, I thought they sounded great. Um, hmm. Yeah, the, the clean singer on bass, he was probably a little shakier starting off, but Jamie was all over it he was Fuck. he was okay. going off i'm keen to see them on friday um i've got i actually did some looking up around polaris because you know i was looking through and just like getting like what years they come out and all that kind of stuff and i just got some questions around like what do you think because i'm generally keen for your opinion where do you think they stack up in the aussie scene at the moment versus a band like a north lane or an amity like right now Right now, I feel like they're probably ahead of where they were when Amity's second album came out. Um, but they're yeah. that next step. Like, you've got your, your Parkway and then your Amity, your North Lane. And, like, Polaris and Alpha Wolf are, like, the next big, like the next big thing in that, that specific scene, mm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, something I actually looked up, and this is pretty crazy for my opinion. Um I went through and just had a look at some Spotify stats. Uh, Quantum Flux by North Lane is their most streamed song on, on, on Spotify at 19.6 million streams. Um, Polaris have two songs more than that. Really? <laughs> like, and, that, and that blew my mind. So they had Masochist at 20 million and yep. The Remedy had 32.5 mil. Yeah. That's for their, pretty fucked. For their first like, studio was, album as well. Like what for, the fuck? for The Remedy. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, if I had to think of a North Lane song that would have the most streams, Quantum Flux was there, was on their top five yeah. popular songs in, in high streams, and that blew my mind. I was like, that makes no sense. But I guess it just goes to show how big they are. I mean, if they um, keep going the way they're going, they'll be tours. the next you know major heavy export after Parkway. Like, they're only two Oof. albums in, and they're they're streaming more than North Lane, right? Hopefully, they get another, more music out soon. It's been a few years. Mm. Yeah, but I was going to say they've they've kind of behind the eight ball a little bit because they were that that Melbourne show, the album release show was the last gig in Melbourne before lockdown. Yeah, so they didn't get to play that, so they kind of got this album that's kind of semi lost to to COVID in a way. So I hope mm. they've got some new stuff coming out. But I, I'm with you, Webby. I think if Alpha Wolf and and Polaris do the right thing, they could almost leapfrog um, North Lane and and Amity is that one-two punch in the heavy scene. And they've got some good backing behind them too. They're both on, or Polaris are on Resist. Yeah. And yep. um, and Grayscale for Alpha Wolf. So, I don't know, the independent move may hit uh, Northlane a little bit in that in that respect. But, um, yeah, anything can happen with Amity. They could come out and blow everyone out of the water in a couple How of How good is Alpha Wolf, by the way? So good. <laughs> It's like, yeah, they're so fucking good. One of my favorite heavy bands of of, of yeah. recent times. Like I love it. I know pretty much all of it. I'll go back and listen to. I know 
um, everything uh, pre-Black Mamba, a quiet, um, <laughs> quiet place to die is a dicey topic, but it's still good shit. I'll just cross my fingers and hope they do a redux one day with a non-cancelled vocalist. Ooh, that, that would be uh, a rare record. I like that. I really like that, actually. That's, that's, I haven't heard that one before. That's a great idea. The dream. So we have one more song to talk, talk about, and that's um, Clay J, Gladstone, Move On, Reimagine. So I've actually given you a nickname here, Webby. You're the silent super simp. For, for <laughs> <laughs> you're always going into bat for him you know, like in our little circles and stuff and i know you don't really put stuff up on the facebook groups but i know you've got a pretty extensive clay j collection and you go to bat from them really hard and i love it i yeah i love clay j i think they're just the coolest band um yeah like when you listen to them um even listening to them without the context of the lyrics, you're like, hell yeah, this song's a fucking bop. Like, they just it's fun, just so right? much energy. And then you yeah. listen to the lyrics and you're like, man, this is kind of sad. Um, <laughs> and then they do a song like Move On, Reimagine, where it's acoustic and you're like, this is, it is real sad. fucking sad. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, it was a similar effect to me to the, um, the 2D EP that Northlane did. Like the songs about Marcus's oh. dad were already tragic, but when they've got an acoustic guitar behind him, you're like, holy shit, dude. Um, but just for a band to have that much energy and make you feel that good, but the lyrics be that bad, you're like, what is going on? Um, yeah. They, uh, I just want to say that 2D EP by Northlane is the EP that got me back into Northlane because um, I didn't like them after Node or after anything. Marcus here, I didn't like until that EP. I was like, fuck, that's so good. Um, but is that why you picked the Reimagined? Because it is just kind of like a sad song? <laughs> or like, what well, I picked the Reimagined because the it was OG? just, I feel like it augmented the original song because the ha- having it played acoustically draws out those sort of feelings that you don't get from a track with that much energy behind it. Um, yeah. It's like it's, you know. It's kind of funky as well, like the OG. It's like kind of makes you want to dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not showing you its sort of true face, but like acoustically, like the the emotion behind the lyrics really comes out. And you're like, oh man, I, I had this song all wrong. <laughs> it's sad as fuck, yeah. not a party song. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love those reimagined songs. Like they're oh, really yeah. well so done. Good. That's the B side to that, uh, the 12 inch, is is really, really awesome. Um, I know, Webby, you've seen them live before, right? You saw them at the the Drastic Park show? Yeah, the, the Wolfstone Park tour. Um, the Wolf back Stone when they were Park seated. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. was, yeah, Drastic Park, Clay Jane, Wolf and Chain. Oh, so they play, you, you were seating the whole time? Yeah, yeah, that was one of the, I think it was the only seated gig I went to, but that was seated at uh, the factory in Sydney. And... And um, what were they like on stage? Oh, like the energy was all there. Like, you know, you couldn't give it back when really? you're on, on your butt, you know what I mean? Oh, that's but awesome. I think half the crowd was, you know, their crew, you know, being, you know, Penrith, Camden boys. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, the energy was definitely there. Spewing the Clay J gig in Sydney's on the same time as good things, but, you know, there'll be another chance. Yeah, oh, fuck that. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, I know, Dave, we saw them at the charity show. Yeah. Um, and I think so. When I moved to Sydney, they were actually 
the one of the first local bands I saw, and I didn't even go for Clay J. I got into Father Dear Hands uh, when I moved up here. I had a friend, and this was before they were on the so ABVC good. split. Um, they said you should check out this band, Father Dear Hands. I think it's right up your alley. You know, it's real sad boy kind of all that bullshit. Um, and they played a show. Well, the split had come out, and then they played a show at AMPM around Christmas last year. And I went with our friend Jackson, and I didn't. I listened to Clay J, and I liked the single and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I really went for Father Dear Hands, and then Clay J played. I don't think I've ever seen a local band like go that hard. And they had no right to go that hard, yeah. but I'm talking they were like hanging off the roof, jumping off the, the roof of the Burdekin, um, going crazy. And, and the people that in the pit didn't even know who they were, and they were just having the time of their life. And, yeah. you know, I'm just looking around like this is a fucking great band. Um, and the reason I say, Dave, when we saw them, like we're in Melbourne, for the charity show for the, what we did on the weekend charity show uh, in April. And I just felt like the Melbourne, Melbourne crowd went, they just didn't know they weren't ready. <laughs> and I think um, I saw photos from their show on the weekend and it looked absolutely off its rocket. And I think yeah. they've arrived to Melbourne now. Yeah. They were doing everything, but uh, yeah, they were, uh, the guitarist, these are the guitarist with long hair. He was like climbing up stuff. He was on like a bar yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think everyone was a bit taken aback because like, I didn't know they'd do that. No one gave me the heads up. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus, let's, what's going on here. And I'm just trying to like gauge how they sound live as well. Yeah. And it was just like a sensory overload. Yeah. Um, and then, then your music's just, just as good. Like I think hate club might be my favorite song yeah, that they've so released. Good. Um, and even then their latest track's great. The cover for the better sessions two was great. I think they're just a good band and yeah, hopefully next year's a big year for them because fuck, they're so good. Yeah. No, they're awesome. People need to get around them and see them live. They got so much energy. Yeah. Actually. So given you are the silent super simp for Clay J officially now, uh, <laughs> what, what <laughs> do, do you have all their records? Do you have the VC? Uh, no. No, I don't think I do. What are you missing? They've done the sneaky gold presses um, oh, that are going to be the shows. That won't be a thing. Yeah. But yeah, maybe one day. Is that the only one you're missing? Uh, yeah, I reckon so. Fuck, that's brutal. That's rough. That's maybe, Pikey, if you're listening, yeah, help out. <laughs> How many messages do you reckon he's gotten for that? <laughs> oh, millions. <laughs> Just Madigan style in the DMs. <laughs> oh man we're, take, we're just going for names today <laughs> he's got the uh, Mad Dog has the best gig he has click and collect record label like 10 minutes from his house <laughs> yeah yeah dream uh, the dream the dream um fuck that's it um is there anything you want to plug Webby before <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I don't know if you want to plug anything, uh, but anyone, got no bands, got no podcasts, to... got no record labels. Um, <laughs> I'll just be hanging out uh, Canberra, Sydney, every now and again. Be in Melbourne in a couple of days, so you know. Um, what are we listening to in the car on the way down? Have you got a? Do you have a playlist, or are we podcasting it, or what do you want to do? Oh, I assumed you were putting something together, but I reckon I could, I could get a playlist or two going. Uh, I, I can get a playlist going for sure. I mean, if you're happy listening to Bring Me the Horizon for seven hours straight, that's fine. But Oh, yeah, that's standard. <laughs> my missus loves Bring Me the Horizon, so that gets, that gets a fair bit of airtime. I'm always down for it. 
I listened to I the uh, the press conference podcast though, so you know Ooh. I'll plug that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say uh, when I when I drove to Canberra earlier in the year, I think we just started doing the pod. And I'm like, I'm gonna listen to our pod like weeks after it came out. And I was like, I can't believe I fucking said that. <laughs> so now I just tried not to listen to them back after we listened to the first cut. I was shocked <laughs> like, when you said you like Machine Gun anymore. Kelly too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking all you guys, man. Open your eyes. That first album was good. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm not a 12 year old girl. I can't tell. <laughs> That's weird. You're hanging out with a 12 year old girl on the weekend. So, <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Webby. I absolutely love your playlist, and I've been smashing it since ever since you sent it through. So, um, yeah, I love talking tunes with you. The feedback from the pod's been awesome. Really appreciate it. You're a, a big part of what we we do here behind the scenes, and um, yeah, we really really love having you around. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was good. I really enjoyed myself on here. You know, I don't have a, a lot to offer in terms of, you know, being within the industry, but, you know, talking shit with mates is always fun. You you were, you were too good, Webby. You're going to start your own podcast soon, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good shit. All right, well, let's load it up. So we can play Clay J. Gladstone, Move On Reimagined, and... Um, Thanks for coming again, Webby. And uh, yeah, hit us up on the on the socials and we'll see you next time. Sounds good, man. See you, Webby. See you later. Come